Last orders at the bar, please. Welcome to Tavern Tales Presents The Grand Caravan, a curated 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play set in the world of Dragonlands by Wizards of the Coast. Our characters were interviewed to join the Grand Caravan, and this is the first interview with Xander. Come sit down and drink with the enemy, raise a glass and toast to the enemy, and I'm not gonna do this on my own. So come sit down and laugh with the enemy, raise a glass and sing to the enemy, and I'm not gonna do this on my own. So Welcome to The Grand Caravan, a Tavern Tales Presents Dragonlance campaign. I'm Kyle, your typical host, producer, director, and dungeon master, and I am so pleased to have three brand new players at the table whose voices you have never heard. So for those who have been enjoying Tavern Tales for a very long time now, these three people are all individuals I've met doing local theater here in Calgary. So I'm overjoyed at the artistical actor experience that the three of them have and will get to bring before you today. And what better way to do that than through... The magic of an interview. Woo, yeah. (laughs) So we are going to do a three-part, and then it'll become a four-part interview session for our three players that we have today and our fourth player who will join us when he returns from his trip abroad and we begin the tale of the Grand Caravan. And how that'll work is our characters here, the three of them, and then Darren, the four characters will be interviewed to join a grand caravan, not unlike the Caravan of Peril series from Dungeon in a Box that we did four years ago. But this one is much longer, much broader, and set in the Dragonlance world of Kryn in the time of Istar pre-Cataclysm. Wow. Wow. That was such a delightful actorial thing. Like, <laughs> none of you know what those things mean, but that's I all looked good. it up on the wiki. Like, oh, I nice. know what it is. It's before a big boy went, wow. <laughs> I, I read the wiki, but it was a lot of information. I'm reading one of the books. Excellent. I'm getting there. I'm illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. So let's start. We're in a bar, the back room of a tavern type of tavern that it is and what's going on in the tavern is largely irrelevant because we zoom in quickly on a older dwarvish lady hair pulled up big long tangled mess of steel wool gray hair pulled up into a beehive she is stout and short, big, broad shoulders, thin, 
stretched line to uncolored lips. Her eyes are gray and steely, and her name is Isla Goldhammer. And she is interviewing to serve as a guard of some kind. You haven't really been determined yet, but you're hopeful that you'll get employed by the Grand Caravan on its three-year journey. And she has a series of questions for each of our players that their characters just find themselves forced to answer for one reason or another. And our first interviewee, because they are all interviewed separately and alone, is none other than... Hi, my name is Andrew. I am playing Dungeons and Dragons here. So I'm a local theater and film and TV professional. I am excited about Dungeons and Dragons. I've been playing since I was a teenager, kind of on and off. I love fantasy. I'm currently developing a TV fantasy series that I hope will happen sometime in the future. So this is all kind of like relevant to the the field that I'm in. Yeah, I don't do a lot of acting anymore. I, I started as an actor, but now I, I mostly do writing and directing. But I, I've recently got back into acting and this cute little show called Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock very excited about that so we did that here in Cal. it was filmed in calgary for those of you who aren't from here and it was so much fun so i've kind of got the acting bug again and i want to get back into performing and this is now my outlet <laughs> for that That's which awesome. yeah i'm super excited about if you're interested i am on the internet you can find me on social medias my my handle is at andrew g cooper 22 and i'm on twitter and instagram and, and of course, kind of all of these things will be in the liner notes as well. Oh, yeah. Find me. I tweet a lot about puppets and theater and writing. And if you like that stuff, you can find me there. A longtime listener, first time player, I guess <laughs> I was going to say caller. But yeah, so I'm ready to jump into Tavern Tales. Let's do it. Cool. Tell us who you're playing. I'm playing Xander Cordine. I don't know about the last name, but it's there and we're going to we're going to do it. I'll give you just like a quick rundown. If if you were to walk into the bar, this is what you would see wearing a just like a large traveler's cloak, typically have my hood up because I'm hiding my face and human ish in appearance. I wrote short, but I'm realizing that the height I'm about to give might not be short for some people. But five nine was like maybe, yeah, a little little shorter ish, a slight build, very pale skin like super, super white. But my eyes are golden because I'm an ASMR. Is that how you say it? Sure. Great, ASMR. Uh, so mostly human in appearance, except for very light skin, inhumanly light skin and golden eyes. And your irises are not hourglasses, correct? Correct. Okay, that's good. I get that reference because as I said, I'm reading the first book. There you go. So just regular gold eyes with regular irises. You wouldn't know this from looking at me necessarily, but I'm in my mid-30s, so I'm an adult, but I'm not a recent young adult. And in terms of clothing, just kind of regular traveling clothing, like trousers and a, and a lace-up shirt under my cloak. I have a dagger on my hip. And if I have my bag with me, I have a light crossbow strapped to my bag. Oh, wow. If I am casting, I have a crystal that I use as an arcane focus. It's a kind of pink, like rose quartz-ish palm-sized crystal that I'll take out if I want to do that. And I have like pouches and knickknacks and I kind of like collect some things. Why do you have all these things? What class are you? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I should say. So I said I was casting. So I'm a uh, sorcerer. Excellent. So the the arcane focus helps me do my casting, and um, I'm a scholar. So I I collect knowledge. So I, I often have ink and paper quills. I have a journal with me, and I often write things down. Maybe I have ink stains on my fingers very often. Mm-hmm. So are you a sorcerer masquerading as a wizard? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not sure that. Seem sc- like I'm not are. that scholarly, <laughs> but. Yes, I, I, I'm interested in scholarship, but not as much in the the arcane side, more in the like history of the world and lore and dragons and that sort of thing. But I do have knowledge of arcane. And what kind of sorcerer are you? I am a sorcerer of the aberrant mind. So in my youth, in my, my young life, I felt a dark psychic presence in my sleep and I'm still plagued by nightmares, but somehow that gives me a connection to the raw magic of the world. So I I harness this strange psychic connection to this weird other being or beings that I don't know what they are specifically, but that's kind of where I draw my power from. And that's how I tap into the the energies of Kryn. You're not too sure exactly where this plane is? No, I don't. Yeah. It's just, it's scary. That's what I know. It's a scary place. Well, I've already discussed this with Andrew. There is really only one other plane in uh, Dragonlance, and it is the Abyss. So it is no doubt that some creature from the Abyss has touched upon the mind of young Xander Cordain. Yeah. So, pleasantries aside, we are joined in this interview it seems like mid-interview. Like you've cool. introduced yourself, you've given your name, you've told them what you can do and whatnot, and then the questions start to get more esoteric from this Isla Goldhammer dwarven lady. And she says, um, Oh, how are you a hero? I have a burning desire to do what is right, to, to right the wrongs of the world. I fight against inequality, and injustice, and I, I try to help those in need. And I, I think that that makes me a bit heroic. Oh, look at you needing a cape and a mask. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well then, who did you wrong? How did you do it? And what would you need to do to make amends that you're not super willing to undertake? I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I upset a notable elvish mage named Grayan from the Tower of uh, High Sorcery here in Istar. I find that wizards are unnecessarily secretive with their spells and magic, and I want to add knowledge to the library that I work at, but I find that they tend to hoard knowledge. So I uh, borrowed a scroll or two from this wizard, and I'm not willing to return it, if I was to make this right, I'd have to apologize and, and return this scroll. Um, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to. I don't plan on it. And I suppose you're trying to escape some debts or something, and that's why you want in the caravan. So do you owe any debts here in Istar before you leave? I owe a debt to a, a knight of Solomnia named Barden from the keep of the Kingfisher in, here in Ishtar. He saved my life in an unfortunate accident that happened during the Midsummer Games a few years ago. And I owe him my life. It's, it's not maybe the kind of debt that you're thinking, not gambling or something like that. But I, I do feel I'm indebted to Bard in the Night. Well, does he feel so? No, I don't I don't think maybe as much. But I, I feel I have to repay this somehow, someday, even if it's far in the future. I see. Hmm. Well, 
Doesn't sound like too much of a debt you're fleeing from. Well then, yo, anyone owe you any debts you need to collect on before you leave? Yes, it's, um, I have a human brother uh, named Rickard. Why do you specify that he's human? Well, we, we do share parents, but there was some tension between us growing up because he, he and, thought that I was... And you're not human? Oh, no, I'm not. Uh, indeed, and what are you? I'm ASMR, so there's a... Uh... Oh, you're one of these. Yes, that's right. Yes, you've got your very perceptive Isla. <laughs> right, it's ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> so my my brother Rick, had, um, since our parents died, he was always coming to me for money or food or just about anything. And yeah, I feel that there's a heavy debt there, but I'm not sure that Rickard will ever be able to repay this debt. Indeed. All right. Um, what's your most valuable possession? A trinket that I have. It was given to me by my grandfather. And there's a, it's a strange idol of, of some unknown being or, or a god or something. It's, it's made out of jade and uh, I keep it with me. I do I, I tend to find that if I sleep with it close to me, that the nightmares that I have are worse. But I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's very dear to me. I see. Now, I ask that question not to, like, rob you or steal from you, but it always gives me a good answer to whether or not a person is, how do you say, um, monetarily inclined, and you don't yes. seem the type, so. No, I, I, I don't care too much for worldly possessions, unless they're books, which I think are invaluable as well. So, traveling on the caravan, what do you feel your best defining trait and skill might be? I have a very keen mind. I'm very good at remembering things. Uh, I'm a good analyst, and I feel like I have very uh, good instincts. I'm a wealth of knowledge and a very good teacher as well. So I feel like if there was a situation that, that needed knowledge, whether it's esoteric or not, I, I might be able to lend my services in that regard. Hmm. Bit cocksure, aren't you? All right, I did ask you. Now, how are you more than meets the eye? Because this is what I can see, and I kind of get a feel for what you might be able to do. Well, I've got about two different ways to look at this. Well, first, I may seem very bookish and frail. I've got a very slight frame, but I'm willing to fight when I have to. And I'm very strong in the arts of magic. I also, as we have just discussed, I appear human at first glance, with the exception of my golden eyes, but... I am ch- able to channel my divine lineage. Do as, you do it? No, I no? try not to. You don't want to show it off? I try, I try my very best not to. But if I had to, I could sprout luminous wings and take flight. She doesn't look believing. She looks at you disbelievingly like, take flight? Oh. Are you accusing me of lying? Not in the slightest, no. Just maybe a sorcerer's embellishment, she says. Okay, I show her. <laughs> <laughs> I start glowing. My eyes are glowing. My, my skin is glowing and these large what, what type of glow is it pure white light okay and, and does it start soft and then yeah i think it starts in my eyes and then moves kind of uh, down my body and then my right. skin starts glowing and then these big kind of angelic wings sprout from my back they're just right. like made of like basically pure energy light, light. Yeah. that's yeah. how they go through clothes without having to rip them and whatnot. exactly yeah. yeah they're not physical wings but they can make me they can lift me off the ground if i if i need to that's amazing there's a big downdraft as you give me <laughs> yeah and blow papers and whatnot <laughs> around yeah yes all right you have earned a blue gem woo all right wow give me that yep there you go great thank I, you i don't have them right in front of me well, here. i've got one here 
Yeah, you are. Everyone has gotten an, a blue and a white gem for making their characters and starting the game. I always like it when a player can have advantage when they need it for any role for, right from the get-go and can change the story when they need to right from the get-go. So it puts power in the hands of the player right then and there. You could also spend a white gem if you feel the need to not answer one of these questions. You're like, I'm a lie. And for some reason, mm. things flicker. You could do that if you wanted to. So, oh, that's but then you'd be spending a white gem during the introduction of the game. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe save it. I don't know. Don't hoard them. That's all I have to say. Because if you end the game with eight white gems, it means you didn't want to change the story at all. And I, gosh, I would love it if you did. So part of my backstory is that I moved around a lot as a, as a child and that sure. I, I've been to a lot of different places. So if, I, if it sounds like my accent is different, it's because I've been to so many different lands and I've picked up little bits of dialects and accents from all these different regions that I've been to. Sure. There. All that speak common. Of course. <laughs> Kryn is largely common speaking. So yes, there are many different accents of common on Kryn and and Salon itself. So she continues on. She says, so if knowing is half the battle, what's the other half? I'd have to say it's doing. If you want to win a battle, you have to do something about it. And this is something I'm trying to challenge myself with because given the choice, I would rather just know the battlefield and that's it. I really value knowledge, but but I think taking action and, and using the knowing and the knowledge is that's the other half of the battle. Make a persuasion check. Total, it's a 14. That's pretty good. I mean, are you not are you skilled in persuasion or Yeah, I'm skilled. I'm and I also have plus 4 charisma. Yeah, there you go. Sorcerer. So like you're wasn't a good roll, but it's not bad. Yeah, so you can tell she shines to you. She's like, "Oh, doing." And then she's like, mm-hmm. "I she says, uh, I know a little bit about doing myself." Oh, really? If you know what I mean. Oh, um, Isla, uh, please, let's keep this professional. Oh, <laughs> so professional. We'll fold up the clothes. <laughs> so what makes you a good friend? I think that I'm extremely loyal and uh, I value honesty and truth. And if someone does gain my trust, then I'm willing to put myself out there for that person. And I, I stick to people that I believe in. And I think that that's a really strong indicator of good, solid friendship. Hmm. And so... Given that that's how you try to be a good friend, how does someone earn your trust to become, you know, a friend or more? Oh, well, we'll start with uh, friends, Isla. But if if you were to want to become friends or more, honesty is something that's very important to me. I hate nothing more than, than liars. And to be frank, just between you and I, stroking my scholarly ego wouldn't hurt very much either if you wanted to befriend me. I do like to feel like I'm very smart and and people who make me feel that way become my friends a little faster. What was your childhood like? I always moved around a lot. The motto in my family is I'm always at home for home lies here in my chest. You can't see me, but I'm I'm touching my own chest here. Uh, so we, we did move to many different regions. This got me interested in the world, which eventually led me to taking up school scholarship because I was fascinated by the history of the different regions that we went to. This is also why I feel like I can't stay in one place for too long. And it's something that really draws me to to join a caravan, to move out through the world. My younger brother, as I mentioned, Rickard, he depended quite a lot on me while we were growing up, and he still does to this day. But eventually, our family, we relocated to the, the great city of Istar. And then not quite my childhood, but it was in my early 20s, uh, about a decade ago, when both of my 
parents died of a, a strange, uh, mysterious disease that I had an inkling had some sort of magical origin, but uh, I was never able to to get to the bottom of it. It's a mystery that remains unsolved in my life. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, thank you. So, what's the secret then you're trying to keep? Well, because you're so beautiful and and persuasive uh i already revealed my secret to you and it's uh, i don't want anyone to know about my asmr heritage and i, I do try and keep that a secret I, I often wear my hood up uh, and i very much want people to think that i'm human it's uh it's something that's very personal to me so i only reveal that to people i'm very close to or in uh, dire situations where i feel like someone may need my help and the only way i can help them is through using my special abilities well all right then Let's get down to brass tacks, shall we, in regards to being on this this here caravan. Okay. When the chips are on the line, we can always count you to what? Tell the truth. I, I value truth above everything else. So no matter what situation, I will always seek the truth. Well, as long as you have a certain perspective to it, not, you know, a bunch of armed malcontents are not saying like where's all the gold and then you just say well i'd always tell the truth so here's the golds down there yeah i i can keep my tongue oh that's good but i won't lie well that remains to be seen <laughs> yeah. yes it, it uh, certainly does just right now you can't so what are you hoping to accomplish i want to help people i find that there are systems that hold our world together in the academic world that I belong to, but also the world in general. And I find these systems are broken and they're not set up to help people. So I want to help bring truth to the world and to make it a better place, a, ha- a happier place and, a, and a, a good place for people to live in. Is anybody out to get you? Okay, well, this may be hard to believe, but I feel like there's a strange, dark uh, presence that's been following me since I was a child. And I, I don't know what it is, if it's a a deity, a, 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 an abyssal being or a dark cult or something, but my mind occasionally brushes against something powerful and uh, dark, this dark consciousness. And I do feel that it's out to get me, though I can't prove what it is. She makes the sign to ward off evil. I do the same thing. And um, who's someone you can trust? Well, I have a childhood friend, a half-elf cleric, and we've been friends for quite some time uh, since we were children. He's one of the only people who know that I'm not human, and I trust him very much. Oh, it's good to know. And finally, what's a question I didn't ask you? What do I fear? All right, so what do you fear? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so direct. I fear that I won't be able to make a difference in the world, and I won't amount to anything. In the end, my life will be meaningless in the long pages of history. And I hope that by joining the caravan, I can do something that will give meaning to my life. All right, well, the pay is 30 golds a week for you. We'll get to duties if you're so chosen. Do you have any questions for me? When do we leave, Isla? Soon enough. And where is our first destination? Along the path. All right, well, thank you, Miss Lady Goldhammer. Ooh, so formal. It was a pleasure to meet you. She stands and shakes your hand rather roughly and uh, then sends you on your way. All right, I leave the tavern. I get out. (laughs) Gone. (laughs) Goodbye. Raise your glass and sing with the enemy and I'm not gonna do this.
This concludes this episode of Tavern Tales, a curated Dungeons & Dragons 5e game set in the Dragonlands campaign setting by Wizards of the Coast. Our intro and outro music is the song Tavern Tales by the Bad Billy Band. You can find out more about the Bad Billy Band on iTunes or at www.badbillyband.com or follow them on Twitter at badbillyband. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or find us on Twitter at tavern underscore tales. We'll be back next week with more of the adventure. 